Welcome to G5 Football Daily, your audio accompaniment to our coverage of the Group of Five on Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation, part of SI Media Group. Joe Londrigan here with you as always. This week, you've got the latest chapter in one of the most storied rivalries in college football, Army-Navy at Gillette Stadium, 3 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Hope you all tune in. It's the only FBS game of the weekend, so you have no excuse to not support the troops in this case. Uh, for this one, we're breaking it down a little bit with uh, Eric Henry from 247 Sports, someone you've seen on the show plenty of times, as well as uh, someone you have seen on the podcast before. Uh, Emily, we we talked a little bit about uh, Navy when we were in Ireland, but uh, Miss Emily Van Buskirk is back to help us talk about the service academies and uh, fullbacks and uh, the atmosphere that she's expecting in uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts this weekend. So, Emily, I'll let you uh, start ladies first if you want to say hi to everybody. Hello. I honestly can't believe that it's been since then because that podcast feels literally like years and years and years ago. This yeah. college football season has been so crazy, you know, like a reality TV version of itself that that feels like season one as opposed to now, which feels like season eight. So that's <laughs> that's a very wild. That's It's great to connect again, but that's crazy that that's when we talked because that, God, how hopeful we were and how just naive to how this all would play out <laughs> we were so young then in august we were, we were. <laughs> this season i feel like and eric probably more so than anybody this season has aged us all just years i can't even imagine listen oh yeah um, uh, this this yeah see it's, it's for the for, this is an audio um, format so you guys aren't seeing Joe's face but that's what threw me off there it's a very much one of those classic Joe Lonergan looks anyway um, yeah Joe uh, this this season has aged me a bit but before we get into that can I just wax poetically about you know if like everyone in this business has like a fairy godmother of sorts who helps me oh, no. and Miss Emily Van Buskirk is my fairy godmother in terms of my career. I mean, I just was oh, a, no. a, a young burgeoning pup when she, uh, Emily might have been one of the first people to have me uh, as a guest on like a podcast or a radio show. She was either the first or second, I can't remember which. There's a, a local show down there in, in, in South Florida called Lemon City. And I, it was either her, her, uh, that or Emily, but uh, that has manifested itself into what it's been five ish years, 2018 is when we met of a friendship that's seen us cover yeah. games together and, you know, have, uh, um, you know, post-game experiences in Charlotte and, and mm-hmm. down shots and everything else. Game day play. outfit contest. Game, game day outfit contest that I won, even though Emily Media the boat. day um, powwows with everybody. It's I, been a while. I, I mean, shared Airbnbs. I mean, listen, the whole nine. So I know that Emily was on this podcast before and you guys got to chop it up, but I didn't get a chance to join in and wax poetically about my good friend, Miss Emily Van Buskirk. Yeah, you weren't in Ireland. How rude of you to just not be uh, in Ireland with us. I, I, where was I? I, I? I may have been in Tuscaloosa that week, right, Joe? Week zero? No, no that was you were oh, no, I was in Austin. Oh, no, I was yeah. in Austin. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, just, so you had no excuse. Yeah, you should have been my balls off here in Austin. It was still 100 degrees every week here. And at that time, I was here. So I got to tell you, the beer and the cider, it tastes better in Ireland. Like, it really did. And I thought oh, yeah. that was a myth or, like, an urban legend, but it tasted better there. No, I thought you said you weren't a fan of the beer. Me or Emily? No, Joe, I thought you said that. But maybe I'm confusing that with Germany. 
correct when I was in Germany. I, I honestly didn't care for it. Ireland, I'm never going to insult my homeland's main expert. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. The Guinness, I don't even like Guinness, but um, my boyfriend who was there, Chase, he had a bunch of it. I don't like cider, but their cider there, it tastes like something from heaven. I can't even explain it. It was so good. So everything we ate and drank in Ireland was incredible. Um, and obviously the football was really cool to see, you know, American football played there and the people responding to it. And it's so funny to come full circle to this game, to Army Navy after having seen Navy start the season off. And I think that's a really good place to kind of start is we saw Navy take on Notre Dame. There were a lot of issues to be worked out over the course of the season and I the one thing I told everybody is I was like Brian Newberry is that dude he's the guy the guys love him he's been around the program so long even at the media day for Army Navy this year they just had it this week he had to explain to some of the media members that didn't realize he had been there he's been with the program forever so he's been through four of these games prior so this is not nothing new to him and I knew that he would get through this season it would be rocky of course but that, you know, he would do well and look look where they are, you know. So you see an Army-Navy team, a game that's going to consist of throwing the football on both sides, which did we ever dream that that would be the case at all? I definitely didn't. <laughs> we, we might see more passing yards than, I don't want to say more than rushing, but that's the thing about these two teams is, Yes, we're going to get the triple. We're going to get so many fullbacks that I won't know what to do with it. And I love that. You know, I love the tradition and the history and the and the just rough in the trenches game. But they're starting to adapt because it is adapt or die, right? And so they've brought in quarterbacks. For example, Army quarterback um, Bryce Daly. He's incredible. I mean, yes, he makes mistakes like every quarterback. And in the system there, and it's tough. But he's good. He can air it out. If you guys saw the UTSA game, I think that was the best example of what Army can do to a team um, when they everything dials up and it's going correctly. And, and they beat UTSA at home. And that was such a good uh, slice of what Army football can be. Now, it wasn't like that all the time. But the end of the season, they've been doing pretty well. I don't know if you guys saw the Coastal Carolina game at all. But they they showed out and took, took it to Coastal Carolina at home. Um, yeah, the Colgate game. I mean, not Colgate. Um, UMass, that was tough. If you want to go through scheduling, that was that was not great. But I'm excited for the fact that we're going to get to see this game played in a way that it hasn't been played before, if that makes any sense. Like, we're going to see some different elements from both sides. Do I think we're going to get another overtime? Yeah, I kind of think we do. We are. I think Army's favored by two right now. Is that correct? Two and a half, yeah. Two and a half. I think the 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 over was I think over under twenty eight and a half. Is that correct? Still, I just looked at it. Uh, I thought the over. Yes, the over under is twenty eight. You're correct. I think people should hammer the over again. And then this may be terrible advice. And this is what I'm saying is we can delve into this game and the logistics of it and what's good and bad and what will work. And but at the end of the day, Army Navy is its own thing. You cannot predict accurately what will happen. No, I was going to say really quick, uh, when Emily says hammer the over, that is for entertainment purposes only. Continue, Emily. Oh, <laughs> are we not supposed to talk about that? Oh, no. It's kind of I, 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 I'll, I'll just give the disclaimer that that's for entertainment purposes only. That is, you know, what's funny is I actually don't even know um, what that phrase means, but I've started doing radio on um, Vegas Sports Information Network, and they say it all the time. So I started saying it, but I actually don't. 
I don't know anything about sports betting or any of that. But I do know last year was the first time that they scored more points than people thought they would in the game. Because usually it's a low-scoring game. And last year, and maybe it was the double overtime, okay, whatever. But I, I still think this year we're going to see more points than we have in previous years. Um, I think we're going to see a very back-and-forth game. I don't think it's going to be one-sided at all. Um, the only thing, and and tell me if you think you guys think this will play anything in at all. If Army, so we have the Commander in Chief trophy, the CIC, is which I never heard it referred to until recently. Mm-hmm. Big deal in the service academies. Okay, they, whoever wins the trophy has bragging rights over all the um, different branches for the next year. So Air Force has it. Air Force poor showing this year, by the way. Just yeah, not not great, right? So if Army wins this game, okay, the Army Navy game, they'll win the CIC straight out, and they'll just yep. get it, and that'll be that. But if Navy wins, the academies will all share the title. It will be a tie, three way tie. But Air Force will retain the trophy. What? Yeah. How? Yeah, that's the like, rule. Why is that the rule? A and B. Okay, so this is a huge deal for these uh, these academies. They want this. They want bragging rights to this. So if I'm Army, okay, obviously I'm fighting really hard for that. And if I'm Navy, I'm fighting hard for it. But, but is there any part of anybody that thinks like, okay, we don't want Air Force to have this trophy? Ah, I see what you're saying. Army for sure thinks that since they would yeah. get the trophy. When I Correct. asked New- when I asked Newberry about that mm-hmm. last week um, in terms of like, does it mean something to play spoiler for army? I mean, he said no, but you know, I, I don't know what the actual players think. If, if there's something, you know, some, some deep seated, you know, rivalry hatred kind of thing that makes them want to play spoiler for that. I would assume there would be, you know what I mean? But um, Newberry didn't really give any indication, but as you have noted, he's kind of a hard guy to read. <laughs> Newberry is, He's an enigma, but he he's great. Like, and I could listen to yep. him talk about anything with that accent he has. It's like that slow molasses type of uh, southern accent. Um, mm-hmm. And he tell when he told me stories about his time in the in the Tennessee wilderness and, and when he was a park ranger. I mean, he sounds like he could narrate books. I love listening to Brian Newberry, and he's a tough guy. Um, but you don't get that from him because he's very steady and even keel. Even when I see him on the sideline, I went to two Navy games this year. I went obviously to Australia, but I was also at their game versus Memphis where they gave Memphis quite a run for their money in that game. And when I see him before, you know, I always come up, he gives me a hug and he's just always so calm. And I think he and Jeff Munkin have that in common. Neither of them gets too riled. Um, I've never seen them really you know, give off any too much emotion on the sideline or when they're doing things. So um, I guess that's good because you see the players, they get super hyped up and riled up and this game is going to be very, very emotional. So I think the team that can harness and control that emotion in the most disciplined way is the team that's going to win. And I honestly think it's going to be Navy. (laughs) Really? I know a lot of, I know. And my army friends are going to hate me and, I'm sorry to Eric, the SID at Army, because I love him and he's incredible. And both of the SIDs for these programs are top notch. They're some of the best in the country at uh, promoting the programs, giving access, as you've seen. I mean, you met Scott via email, the the Navy SIDs. He's incredible. So I want both of them to do well, but I just feel like Navy, like, I just have a feeling. Especially after everything last year and the way things went down, you know, this is almost like a... 
it, it gives me a little PTSD because I didn't, we, we didn't know that coach Kenny Matalolo was going to be fired the way that he was after that game. And it's almost like you have to, we got to get through this and hopefully face something that doesn't happen that same way. But there's, I'm a little nervous coming into this because it was such a crazy, crazy roller coaster last year. So we'll see. Totally. Um, it, you mentioned kind of the similarities between Monken and, and Newberry. Definitely agree with that. But also at the same time, I feel like in terms of overall demeanor and kind of the way they just present themselves, I think there's a little bit of a difference. Like mm-hmm. Newberry, I feel like you could drop him in the middle of like the wilderness with an axe and he'd be <laughs> nothing but an axe and he'd be fine. Like if, if the movie Castaway had been at Star oh Brian Newberry and not Tom Hanks, that movie would have been 15 minutes long. Oh like, my God. And then yeah. meanwhile, like Monken is the nicest guy um, and just very like calm and centric. You don't really see him get too riled up unless they win and then he'll celebrate and, and all that. But it's like if Mr. Rogers was coaching a football <laughs> team of fine-tuned killing machines. That's That's the vibe I get from Jeff Monken. And I mean that in the best way. I, that's interesting you say that. He obviously is a very nice guy. I have had, I wouldn't say run-ins with him, but I have had some things up against Munkin over the years where I've asked him things he did not want to talk about and did not allow me to ask in the press conferences. And so I've seen behind the curtain a little bit when it comes not to say that he is he is a genuinely nice person every time i've gone up there on a visit he's always been very great and sat in his office and and had great conversations right um but if there's something he doesn't want to talk about or do he he won't do it um and i think that's just he's been there a while and that's the way he likes to run it and whatnot so um it might have been more also an sid that is no longer there but yeah there was some he he didn't want to talk about the music in the stadium not a music guy so uh we did not talk about it but i just i just feel like this is navy's year and i don't know it might have to do with the uniforms okay this year we're seeing way better uniforms than last year not that last year's weren't cool in their own way but this year's are better right like do you guys do you guys like follow along with the Army Navy uniforms or no? I've looked at them. I I agree. It's I like think a diehard cool. cult for some people. It's a diehard cult. Yeah, it's like the the uniform reveal for this game is like Christmas for people. Like people go crazy and will dissect the uniforms for days and days and days. I don't know. I do a breakdown every year where I break down all of the elements of the uniform because uh-huh. it's very it's specific, right? And so this year's were very well received, whereas last year's were kind of people were on the fence about it. That's all. Joe, what I seem to remember, um, Emily, remind me if my if I'm erring in any sense, but weren't like last year's uniforms tribute to like NASA or something like that, or like something space related? Yeah, the the Navy ones were, I believe. Okay. okay. Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think one was NASA, and one was like World War One or something like that. Yeah, they're always. Yeah, it, it's the, and they're not always in theme with each other, which can be kind of confusing. And it is what it is. But yeah, last year it was. I remember it was the NASA ones. I liked those ones, but I think it was the Army ones that people, Kim specifically, because she shoots them. Um, right. So she, you know, she prefers 
they were like paint mud splattered. They had to do with, I want to say, God, I can't remember. I don't want to say it wrong, you know, but it, it, they were mud spattered and they looked kind of dirty and it, right, it, just, right. it didn't hit. It didn't hit the way that, yeah. Joe, I remember, and you know, I'll bring Emily in on this as well. I remember the conversation about the Navy ones. As Emily tells me about it, I'm remembering some of the front of the Army ones, but the Navy ones stood out specifically because, as you know, the University <laughs> of Florida invented space and mm, yeah. space travel. So I remember there being a lot of clamoring about, well, how can Navy come out here and try to lay claim to space when UCF has already owned space and then Houston tried to lay claim to space. So there was a lot of uh, territorial space conversation on the old uh, Twitter formerly known or X formerly known as Twitter. So I remember that last year, Joe. I do they remember that. Space. They invented <laughs> space. Space you. I knew that was coming. I knew like as soon as we said the word space, I was like, he's going to work in the UCF reference to space. I just knew it was coming. They were okay, they were fine last year. They had the NASA on the helmet. They had the moon man. And it was it was a tribute, right, to all the great men from the Naval Academy that have, um, I guess, traveled in space. I would have to, the first Naval Academy graduate to become an astronaut was a guy named Alan Shepard, and he was the first American in space in 1961, one of NASA's first seven astronauts. So there's a tie, right? There's a tie-in. But this year, it's just better. The the submarine, they're doing a submarine um, theme and it's silence. Uh, I believe it's called si silent service uniform. And if you guys haven't seen this, this is something it's worth looking up and it's worth watching the little films they make. Like, you know how you go on college football re reveals and they have these films and it's like, some of them are just kind of, okay. Like you're just filming for film's sake. These ones are incredible. So I highly recommend um, going and looking at it. So their hashtag is silent service for the Navy. It's, it's incredible and it's 100% worth looking at. And then the Army one is a tribute to the soldiers of the 3rd Infantry Division. And they're kind of like this tan with the black accents. And they're called the Dog Face Soldiers. Um, so they have actual, a little uh, dog on the helmet, a very clean looking um, helmet. It's the Operation Iraqi Freedom Thunder okay. Runs. Um, yeah, I could wax poetic about this all day, but um, it, it's worth going to the websites and looking at all of the unique things that go into the helmets. I mean, it's very similar to what UCF does when they reveal these uniforms, but there's little, you know, Rocky the Bulldogs on the helmet, the color, the color of the Navy uniform is this blue, and it's it's this special blue that they use, um, the, the darkest color naval blue in the Navy Academy. It's It has a special name, but just things like that, that I think are so interesting when it comes to looking at a game like this. Emily, I want to ask you a serious question. Do you think yeah. um, some of the reasoning why people think it's so invested in and have such strong feelings around the reveal of the uniforms are because it's a two-part question. One, I guess it's like, oh, it's Army, Navy, so it's supposed to be traditional. And mm -hmm. I guess they have such – their their regular weekly uniforms are so, for lack of a better word, traditional and timeless. Do you think that's mm -hmm. part of why some people get so fired up about it? 
I do think because it's an all they get to use alternate uniforms for this that it is a big deal because it, they know it's going to be something different. But I think beyond that, it's because there's a pride in in the fact that they're honoring. For example, this one is Rodham Rock of the Marine, which is the nickname of the Third Infantry Infantry Division. Um, people get to identify either that served in that specific division or in that branch of you know, military, they get to see themselves represented on the field and they get to cheer for something within the service academy, which I think people get excited about seeing who they're going to honor, you know? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think you meant, I think you meant Rock of the Marne, but uh, Marne, Rock of the yeah, Marne, but, sorry, yeah. 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 But no, I, I agree. I, one of the, one of my favorite things about that army uniform, a uh, little piece of trivia is uh, Rocky the Bulldog that's on the side of the helmet. Walt Disney mm -hmm. drew that in like the yeah. early 60s that's that's a walt disney original right there that they obtained the rights for which is super interesting i know that kind of is i, I like that too I, there's so many they have the dog face soldier above the visor um which i think is just neat because i love that i love that i love the streamer you know on the back of the collar the iraq the iraq campaign streamer um and the flag and the star is there and the ribbon color ties to things even down to the font, the stencil lettering um, is what's on the back of the United States Army vehicles. It's the same stenciling, which I think all of these things are just so unique. And that's what makes this game so incredible. It is about the football game and it will be exciting to see these teams face off. But if you've ever been to an Army-Navy game, it's the hours before. It's the cadets on the field and it's all of the high-ranking officers being in the building and shaking hands and getting to see all of that march and and even the fans, like people coming together that have served or are serving and, and whatnot, it's, it is honestly the most unique thing in college football. And I've been all over. I can confidently say that. Um, if you've never been to an Army-Navy game, it should be a bucket list thing. And now that they're moving it around in these five-year cycles, it's, so, it's, it's awesome that it can reach so many people. Emily, really quick, uh, you said it's a it's a you know tradition that you know you should really get out there and see. Again, I'm throwing this at you off the top of the dome, so apologies in advance. But top three um, college football traditions, uh, terms of, yeah, that you've experienced. Oh, top three traditions. Okay, well, in, 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 in no particular order. I want to give you some leeway. Right, no, no order, order, no order, excluding Army Navy because that's what we're talking about. I, and I actually get asked this a lot, so I have a few like boilerplate i would have to say the running of the buffalo in colorado okay one of the most unique things i've ever seen and i did a big story about the buffalo and was actually able to run in one of the training things and i interviewed a bunch of the handlers and spent time with them because they have to like try out for that team that handles the buffalo and so i got to see like on the field when it's running at you and all this it, incredible one of the most incredible things so that would have to be up there Oh, I don't know what I would put up there also. I mean, I guess Clemson running downhill is okay. Dabo. I love God bless Dabo for running ahead of everybody down the hill. Incredible. Um, I don't know. Am I missing something? Am I forgetting someone? Joe, you can't say anything about Big Red because now you feel about that blob. Big Red is love. Big Red is life. <laughs> Live, laugh, love, Big Red. Uh, Emily, do you anticipate? Oh, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? What do you have to say about Big Red? I was, no, no, I, I, just, I, I just was going to before you transition back to, of course, Army Navy. I was going to say I don't think there's anything like super outstanding that I would say that Emily is 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 missing. I mean, now as someone who's gotten a chance to 
see several college ball traditions in my first year in the Big 12 and Power Five. Oh, I Go forgot ahead. Iowa, the wave. I, I can't believe yeah. I forgot that. 100% I cried the whole time. Okay. I mean, that everybody says that, right? Yeah. But when you go see it, it's so moving. So Iowa, I would say Colorado, Iowa, the wave. I mean, and then maybe Clemson down there, but I'm sure there's others I'm missing, but those are ones that I remember. Sure. I, I That one, that one, I, I would love to see in person. It's incredible. Bring tissues because it will move even the toughest of men. And like really yourself. Quick, can you just give like 20 seconds of context, I guess, just for people who may not know, because we're talking about oh, yeah. news, but just for context on, on the wave. Absolutely. So at Iowa Stadium, it's built right next to a children's hospital. I don't know which was built first, but it's there. And so I would say after the first quarter, at the end of the first quarter, all the teams and everybody in the stadium stops what they're doing. They turn to face the, the children's hospital and they wave and the kids are standing against the glass and they wave back. So it, and it's amazing because you would think, OK, they do it every game. Not everyone's going to do it. But I'm telling you, I went to the Penn State Iowa game. Both teams stopped what they were doing, both coaches, teams, players, everybody, and and honored this tradition. I thought that where else are you going to get that to happen? You know, where both teams are going to do that, all the fans in the stands. So it, I filmed it and I still watch it and cry at night sometimes. So it's there you go, Joe. Sorry, I just wanted Emma to get comments. <laughs> in case there's anyone who wasn't familiar with the wave, it's not an actual wave around the stadium. Ill, no, <laughs> ban, ban the actual wave. Agreed, agreed. Emily, with this game being in, in Boston, uh, well, well, first of all, they're doing it in five-year cycles, you said, so we can expect mm -hmm. this one to be in Foxborough for the next several years, right? That's what it, it appears to be. That's what they're going to do. Um, they're alternating. I think it's – they. this is the first, right? And then they're doing um, – they're going to have Philly, New York. I can't remember the last – I see what you're saying. So it's going to be somewhere – different every year but they're gonna go yeah back so 2023 years. is foxborough 2024 is washington dc uh 25 is baltimore 26 is new york city well actually new jersey and then 27 back in philadelphia so we could see um we could see boston phase back in in the next cycle but i know that they've yep. been bidding really hard to get it so this is huge for them what are you anticipating about the atmosphere in Boston as compared to some of the other uh, cities that this game has been in since you've been to several of these? Yeah, I mean, New York, when I went, it was at the Jets Stadium and it was kind of incomparable because it was the um, anniversary of 9-11. So they had a very special tribute. It was I, I, that was unbelievable. Seeing it at MetLife, it was crazy. And then I went last year in Philly, which is where it originally has been for 90 years. That's where they've had it. So that atmosphere was really good too. You know, that's familiar. People were excited. But for this year, I after hearing, you know, how hard that Boston has tried to have it. I mean, the people from the Kraft family and the Kraft Foundation have wanted to have it at Gillette for a long time. And so to finally get it, they're very excited. And I know it's sold out. I think tickets are reselling right now for like 300 and something dollars, which, wow. Um, and this is the 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, which I think is interesting if you're looking at those kind of game notes. It's also the 225th anniversary of the USS Constitution's maiden voyage and commissioning of the USS Massachusetts as a Navy vessel. So what's interesting about that is a lot of Naval soldiers will be attending the game and they will be housed by some very unique um, places in Boston that are going to be opening their doors to the soldiers 
and um, midshipmen that are coming in. So I, th I think I read about a thousand of them are going to be in some sort of um, vessel that'll be down there honoring them. And there's a lot of people opening doors to soldiers coming. So um, I think it's always neat when there's kind of, kind of history tied in like that. It'll make it extra special. I did not realize that this week was the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, which is super ironic because I'm going to be in England this week. So I'm going to have to <laughs> commemorate it by, yes, I don't know, please. dumping something in the River Thames or something. Please do. <laughs> please do. Yeah. See, these are little things like there, there's no coincidence for anything. So I think, you know, they knew that some of the stuff was coming and it will play into a lot of the pregame pageantry, a lot of the stuff leading up. There's a lot of events around the city of Boston and Rhode Island for that matter in the whole in Rhode Island. Um, There'll be a lot of events going on leading up to the game Saturday. And there's an event schedule on the website so people can check that if they want to see different things. But it's it's really incredible. And I know this sounds like a tourism pl plug for it, but it's more just if you love America and you love football and you, you want to support the troops and you want to see something that will actually make your heart like feel real for those of us that you know have coal there, like it's worth going to. It'll warm your cold, dead heart. And in an instant so because you know college football leaves a lot of us sour these days mm. and i can't imagine what a beat writer of a big school in the sec or big 12 does with their life <laughs> every week <laughs> but it can it can get you down right but games like this they're worth all of the trouble joe Eric Emily, Ezzard, I, 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 yeah i can't imagine what a beat writer in the big Clover sbc does with their life they just I can't. go back to their cold dark cave and just you know stew until it's time to come out on saturday morning i mean listen em, a lot's changed since you know you used your fairy godmotherness to enhance my career right i got a penthouse they say you may come to austin I, i'm, I'm, I'm all right bro I'm not saying that. I'm saying that all the politics that go into <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. Big I'm time football, but no, you 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 must be excited. You're you're in. You're in. You, you know. Good. Shout out to Texas. It's good. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel no, terrible for Florida State. I know we're not supposed to talk about playoff stuff, but Jesus, I oh, my choking girl, down vomit while congratulating Texas. No, I, <laughs> I can see it. I went on. They're good. Last and I said, Texas is going to get in. I know it. I actually said this yeah. last night. People can go listen to this interview. I said they were because it, they played the best, right? They looked great. I think they played the best football, so I get it. But you got to feel for Florida State and, and Mike Norvell and what those guys are doing. It, it sucks. Oh. It's a feel-bad story, whereas this Army-Navy is a feel-good story. That's all I'm saying. Totally. As, as someone who's not contractually allowed to entertain this subject on this podcast, Joe, that's all you. <laughs> Touche. Oh, Emily Van Buskirk. Before we uh, let you go and, and get back to your life, do you want to plug your own work and tell people where they can find your stuff? Absolutely. This year has been a little tough, like for most people. And so, unfortunately, I haven't covered as much football as I like, but. We are going to make a bowl game run. Um, my partner, Kim Montoro, and I, she photographs and I write. You guys can find that stuff at Underdog Dynasty. Um, SB Nation will be covering quite a few fun, smaller bowl games, looking at going to the New Mexico Bowl, which I'm excited about, uh, Hawaii Bowl, which should be a good one. Um, and then we will be doing some big games. We're looking at the Rose Bowl. Unfortunately, we won't get to see Eric 
um, because we will be going on that side of it. But Kim's never been to a Rose Bowl. So definitely follow along there. Follow along social media at MLNEM, E-M-I-L-N-E-M on Twitter and Instagram. Um, should be a good post-college football season culminating in the Natty. I'm excited to go to Houston. Awesome. Eric, do you want to plug your social before we sign off here? Absolutely. You can find my coverage of the Texas Longhorns, Big 12 football, and uh, all things college football as a whole. Also sprinkle in with a little bit of humor and uh, some hip-hop topics from time to time on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. And, of course, you can find the work at 247sports.com, cbssports.com, cbssportshq, and Horns 24-7. Wow. It's a lot of letters. You know you've made it when you have that many that many to go over (laughs) and and guess what i've I've got the lovely young lady on this podcast i think for it joe i never would have made it oh my goodness we all gotta (laughs) look out for each other it's it's a tough world and it makes me happy to see so many of our friends that we've worked with succeed you know you look at steve out there and you and just everybody grinding away it's it's great absolutely everybody works so hard uh I, I work hard over at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. And uh, if you want to follow us, just Google G5 Football Daily. If you're only listening to the podcast, come check out the written content as well. Um, and we're still looking for sponsors. So if you're interested, hit us up, G5FootballDaily at gmail.com. But Emily Van Buskirk, can't thank you enough for your time. We'll look for you on the sidelines in Foxborough. And uh, happy football watching, everybody. We'll talk to you very soon.